Welcome to the Business B-Side Podcast with Kim Westland. This is where we discover the stories of the people behind their businesses and inspiration for how their story might fuel yours. We're giving a voice to their B-Side where the grit and the good stuff are. Let's flip the record over and pick up the conversation. Kim, you and I have shared many conversations over the life of our seven-year friendship, some personal, some professional, and so many in between. You are now starting on one of the most exciting chapters by launching your new coaching business, the Channel One Productions, and also hosting your own podcast, The Business B-Side. And it is such an honor to guide this conversation today as you share some little known parts of your story so others can hear more about what this journey has been like for you and what has brought you here. Welcome. Thank you. I have to say this is feeling a little odd for me because I'm (laughs) on the other side of the conversation. So this is going to be great. Thank you. It will be great. And we are flipping the script a little bit because this is your podcast. This is something that you are coaching others to do. You're a master storyteller. But I would love to hear, just so you can let people know, when we talk about your journey, you have worn so many different hats over the last so many years, but now you have this incredible space where you have created Channel One Productions. What is the significance of that name? I'm glad you asked that because Channel One, I feel, was born out of, firstly, the word one. I think the word one for Mm -hmm. me is really, really significant. It's the power of one. And I really feel by saying that, that one story can change the world. And that's really the basis behind Channel One. Also, the idea of being really single-minded. You know, I struggled for a long time in my own life with being single-minded. I'm one of those people Mm. that I will chase the squirrel, the little shiny thing that's (laughs) over there. I'm like right there, distracted, looking at it. And I recognized at one point in my life that it was really tough for me to stay single, focused and minded. So that's really kind of a, a focal point for me to, for my own journey. And, you know, I always used to say to my staff to anything with two heads is a freak. So I don't know why that was a common saying in my past life, but it kind of lends itself to being single-minded and having that one focus. Mm. Um, Also, when you think about channel one, the power of one individual or the power of one team or one organization or one vision, you know, one family can change a lot. So those are kind of some of the thoughts around channeling one. And then when I think about the word channel, if I can just add that in, kind of what are you channeling into? You know, what are you anchoring your life to? That's really important for me as well. So this comes very personally for me. It's quite noisy out there these days in terms of everything's vying for our attention. So for me, it's very important to think about what we are channeling one into and what are we anchoring to? It's so beautiful. And I see that in your life, in so many different areas of your life and how you've built your career, really that anchoring into who you are and how you truly want to show up. And you come back to it over and over again, which is so cool. And what we're on today is the business B side. Often when you start your podcast, the business B side, 
you say, we are going to be channeling today, so-and-so, <laughs> whoever yes. your guest is. And I think some of that is drawn from the name Channel One as well, where it's really what grounds that person. You're trying to find the behind-the-scenes stories. Tell us a little bit about where the business B-side fits into Channel One Productions. Yeah, absolutely. I do have to say somebody much younger than me asked me recently, what is a B-side? So I almost feel like I need to explain <laughs> what a B-side is for those that may not know. I'm, you know, a different generation. So oh, I grew up, great. it really is. <laughs> makes me feel older. That's for sure. <laughs> I grew up listening to records. I was a huge music fan when I was growing up. And I remember spending all of the money that uh, allowance money that I got from my parents seems on, on records or at the arcade when those existed. And a B side of a record for me was always the, the flip side of the chart topper. So, you know, you had your A side, which was kind of the, the popular song. It was the song that everybody was listening to. You heard on the radio and the B side was kind of the cut that never got a lot of airtime, if any, but it also lent itself to kind of a deeper version of that artist. It was kind of some of their edgier music where they took risks. And I always found the B side in a lot of cases more appealing than the A side. So I was always drawn to that. So when I was thinking about a podcast and thinking about entrepreneurs, business owners, people telling the real story behind the story. To me, I just immediately thought of the B side of a record and giving a voice to those that may not have had an opportunity to share their story as well. So, and then of course, giving the audience an opportunity to hear the deeper version of maybe what's already out there in terms of what we know of that story. And there are so many stories out there that sometimes scratch the surface and they mm -hmm. beg the B-side questions, which is going to be incredible when we start to hear more and more of these business owners, entrepreneurs, people that you'll be interviewing and really understanding what makes them tick and really where are they finding that grounding. Yeah. That's going to be really exciting to watch that journey. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and career? Because I know some people will know you from one part of your life and another part of your life, and you've done so many cool things yeah. in the past, but really tell us a little bit about that timeline for your career and what was that looking like when you started in the theater industry? Mm -hmm. So you were there for 20 years, but what prompted this big change, this career path change to now you starting your own business and Channel One Productions? Yeah, I'll just give maybe a little bit of context here in terms of the theater side of my story. I was attending art school in Vancouver at Emily Carr. It was College of Art and Design back then. It's a university now. But I had got a job at the Performing Arts Theater, the Queen Elizabeth Theater, for those of you familiar in Vancouver. It was a very popular performing arts theater there. And it's just a part-time job. I really enjoyed it while I was going to school and it, you know, paid some of the bills. And, and I found that as time went on, I graduated from college and life and it was always there as a part-time job. I was always, I never could quite let it go. It was something I quite enjoyed. And then as time went on, spent a good 20 years in and out of the theater world. And definitely, which really surprised me how much I kind of cultivated a so-called career. And then, so my last job was at the Jubilee Auditorium in Calgary in terms of theater. And I just remember I was so happy 
in my role there because I was working with people, I was helping develop people. And then one day I just wasn't happy anymore. And it really surprised me. And I kind of struggled through a whole year of feeling this way. And I thought, what is happening here? And I kind of, you know, was had that internal struggle going on. And I was kind of grasping at straws as to what the next step was. And I realized I had gotten bored and that I wanted more and that there was more out there. And I felt that pull. What ended up happening was about 10 months after we got a new executive director, I ended up getting my walking papers. Mm. And it was such a shock for me. I just remember it was the first big upheaval in my career. And I was single parenting at the time. And I just remember feeling so lost, so lost. It took me about five months before I was able to land something else, but it was completely out of theater because I knew change was needed, but I had no clue, no clue where I was heading next. And where I landed was at Post Media, and it was actually through the Calgary Herald here in Calgary. I remember I wasn't even sure what I had applied for. I had no idea it was connected to the Herald. This opportunity brought a whole new world to me that I didn't even know I was interested in. What ended up happening is I ended up hosting and moderating panel discussions with local entrepreneurs. And I will say, I was terrified of public speaking. I was not even comfortable talking to my staff at the Jubilee. Like, to be perfectly honest, I would get into a cold sweat. I just didn't enjoy it. I wasn't, I didn't feel confident in that at all. So when I was asked to do this, I thought I was just going to be doing behind the scenes stuff. So when I ended up being in front of a bunch of people talking to entrepreneurs, I was so out of my element. Mm. And then there was the tech side of things too. So I spent the next two and a half years learning. It was like I was being paid to go back to school. And I had taken a significant pay cut as well. So, I mean, pressure was on here. I was kind of in a really uncomfortable part of my career, relearning and understanding. I had strengths I didn't know I had. So I found that I excelled in that job eventually at two and a half years. And then that program got shut down and I ended up moving over to a bank doing similar things, but working with partnerships and things like that. And I spent four years there. And then I will say the same thing happened. I only thought I was going to have to go through that one time, but it (laughs) happened again. And one day I just felt that same feeling of, Hmm, I think there's more. And I got kind of uncomfortable and not really super happy again, what I was doing. So I just knew the tug was there to pull me to something else. And once again, I'm thinking that me not leaving a job is an indication that maybe I just need to get my walking papers. So it happened again. And I ended up now today doing what I'm doing. It's such an incredible story. And especially having been to many of those panel conversations that you were having through post media, the entrepreneurs that you were having these discussions with you were already looking for the B-side stories. And when I was in the crowd of how many were there, like two, 300 people, this was no small feat. You were able to show up in your best form. You, as you're telling the story today, that that was new and you had to learn those new skills and you had to just take the breath and get on stage and do the work. But you were, when I say you were masterful at it and are masterful at really facilitating those 
really meaningful conversations, in particular with business owners, it allows the rest of us and allowed, I think, the rest of us to really sit back and say, that sounds like me. That sounds like my story. That parts of your journey that I'm sure people are hearing today, they'll say the same thing. That sounds like me. That sounds like my story. And I want to touch on something that you said, because you and I have talked about this a lot. And I have had to learn to tell this part of my story as well. But you mentioned that you were a single mom through much of your career transitions. And the challenge that that would have produced for you in your career path. At the same time, maybe some of those joys and when we talk about the grounding and the channel one and really getting back to what really matters to you. Tell us a little bit about what that was like for you as a single parent going through this and how did you find a way to balance yourself and these priorities and that growth that now looking back that you've experienced? Mm -hmm. Yes. The single parenting was not an easy part of my career path. My daughter was born in 2000 and she came at a point where I was going, it was just before a divorce. And so I was single parenting almost right from the beginning. And I early on had to realize and had to make a decision what was I going to prioritize in my life? And for me being a single parent, my daughter had to come first. And I made that, I kind of put that stake in the ground and I just said, no, this is something that yes, I'm focused on career, but I absolutely need to prioritize my relationship with my daughter and being that solid parent to her. You know, I had come from a divorced family in my teens and I just saw some things that I thought, okay, I need to really be clear in my own life how this is going to go. And I didn't plan on being a single parent. That was just never in the, mm -hmm. in the plans for me. And, but like many of us, we don't plan, but this is what we end up having to deal with. So I even remember when I took the job, for one example, at the Jubilee, and I was offered that job. And I actually turned it down at first because part of the requirements was evening and weekend work. And I thought, how am I going to do that as a single parent? How am I going to be there for my daughter being away so many hours already in the day and then be away evenings and, and some weekends too? So I actually turned it down and they came back and said, you know what, we really respect and we honor your decision. We will figure out a way for you to not have to pick and choose. We really want you here. So we will work with you. And I, in turn, very much respected that approach to myself being a single parent. So me putting a stake in the ground with priorities actually helped earn some respect in my workplace. And that's just kind of how I approached being a single parent and prioritizing my job. So for those years, in a way, my job took a slight backseat to my primary role. In some ways, you were still keeping your eyes on a career goal at the same time as yes. keeping your eyes on being a great mom. And I know you're a great mom. And for many of us and some of those that will be listening to your story here might feel like they have to choose. And it's a very hard choice for some of us that are going through our career journeys while at the same time really being called back 
to raise our children, to be there for a spouse or even a sick family member or whatever that is in our lives, that sometimes life takes a turn. And we, like you say, we don't plan these things. A lot of these things we don't plan, but the difficulties in our life really lead us to something that I think creates more awareness of who we are. It creates more of a a desire to the things that truly matter to us. And we stay Mm -hmm. focused on those. I know you have faced other difficult times and these difficult times have shaped your journey in lots of different ways, you know, not all huge ways like a divorce or being a single mom, but have there been other things that have shaped your journey and maybe helped you move forward stronger with new perspectives? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. And it was one that I didn't like being asked for quite <laughs> some time because yeah, I wasn't, no. I don't think I was ready to share my story. You know, I think with my story came a lot of feelings of shame and guilt and failure and feelings of no self-worth. Like there was just a long list of things that I would feel. So it took a while for me to get to that point, but But I realized that I need to tell my story because that's the journey I'm on now and helping others through theirs. So coming from divorce, I'd mentioned that previously, um, I'd actually been divorced twice early on. And that was a really tough one for me to move forward with. You know, it's one thing we hear about people getting divorced these days. It's not that uncommon, but to be divorced twice, you know, really early on, like by the time I was in my very early thirties, I was divorced twice. So I thought, okay, I need to get something right here. Something is not working for me. And I'm going to consider myself the common denominator in terms of what do I need to work on? I really wanted to take some time and process what was happening here. So besides a couple of divorces, I also, with the second divorce, I ended up going through bankruptcy as well. I was alone with, well, alone with a child, but we didn't have through a set of circumstances, we didn't have a home to go to. I actually ended up living in my mom's lower level of her home for a few years. I was on welfare for a time and I had no job. I, this all kind of came about at the same time. So I, I mean, I, at that point, that was such a difficult, difficult season of my life. I just felt like the world was ending for me. And I have to say that probably was one of the bigger pieces of my life that has shaped who I am today, because what I had to go through and the feelings that I had to work through really shaped me into having so much empathy for others today. Like I think about what other people go through and I can just connect with that because of my own story And the not judging others piece as well. You know, I feel like we live in a world where there's just so much judgment, but I come from a place of, boy, you know, I felt judged being in the position I was in, but I'm coming from a place of, I look at somebody else's story and I think nobody probably knows the full story. Nobody probably fully understands what went on there. And even though I have two divorces, well, there's more to my story. You know, it wasn't completely a cut and dry situation. There was a lot of factors involved. So 
I found that not judging others without really understanding and, and really there's no means to judge others anyway, but really to understand that it really helped me with relationships with people. It helped me understand people better. And it gave me a foundation for what's important. And it also gave me that fuel for really understanding and being fascinated with people development. And I think that's what was really born out of that time was just a love for others and and their stories and how important it is to dig through your own and sort those things out. Thank you so much for sharing what you just did. I think there are a lot of people with a B-side side that is still hidden. We're not always called to tell every part of our story every time someone asks, but being able to be honest of where we're at and how that truly shapes us. I think there's something to be said for being able to share things that have pulled us in a certain direction that have given us a purpose that have, Mm -hmm. when we talk about really the one thing and for you, not only in telling your story, today, but, you know, helping other entrepreneurs tell their stories, that journey to really being able to articulate what is it that was important for me back then that I am applying now, what are things that I need to unlearn and, and relearn. And so as we start to verbalize and tell our story, I think there's all these opportunities for you in your new business with your coaching to really help guide them through maybe some of those emotions and the feelings. And I'm sure as you've, you know, so beautifully told your story today, not everyone would feel like, oh, I don't think I could tell it as nicely as Kim. Where does the importance come for you in helping others own and tell their own stories? And you are, you know, currently you are a coach and you are currently helping people craft and develop and then share their stories even publicly. Why is that so important for you to help others do the same? Well, you know, when I was really in that period of time and and really feeling beaten down in life, I would hear someone's story about how they overcame and it actually gave me hope. I remember thinking back and feeling so hopeless. Like it was just like every piece of my life was laying in pieces on the floor. And it was like a big puzzle that had just been dumped out. And I didn't have a clue how to pick up the pieces and start putting them back together. So me listening to another story was powerful in the sense that I just thought, well, if they can do it, I can move forward in some way, shape or form. So it actually really helped me. And it was interesting how the power of connection, like I believe we were all created for connection and community. And I want others to know that their stories matter. It mattered to me back then. It still matters to me. I'm, I don't know of anybody that doesn't love to hear a story of overcoming And I don't think anybody's story should be wasted. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, my story is not really all that interesting or, and I actually used to say the same thing until people like you would say, but it is, it, (laughs) there is something to your story that is powerful and, and what you overcame. And, and we all have different scenarios, but we're all overcomers to something. We're all trying to find our way through life. And just when you think your story doesn't matter, somebody's probably going to come along and say, I thought I was the only one that went through something like that. Or, 
Oh, I didn't realize you've gone through that too. Let's talk more about that. It's powerful. So your story matters. My story matters. It took me a long time to figure out that it does. But when you do figure that out, it's a game changer. It is. And what's really amazing about what you're describing, and this was something I had to learn for myself, is I had a very clear in part of my story. I had a very clear definition between my professional life. I've always been in sales or marketing or events, and it is very much an outward focus you know, you're working with a client, you're really putting on your best self every single day, you're showing up. And I thought there is no room for my story, for what was going on behind the scenes in that world. And as I've gotten older, and I think I'm hearing that from you too, you start to blend the two and the power that is in like we said earlier, owning the story and yeah. learning from someone like yourself to tell the story or parts of that story and see this integration happen yeah. is where I think there can be such a beautiful marriage between some of the hard things that we face and some of those things that we we need to keep going. We have to put food on the table. You, we want to grow yeah. our careers. You know, like what you've just done, you've started a business. So we can carry both and, which is such an encouragement and was for me when I was going through that journey myself, I'm hearing that from you that you've just learned to blend all of that together. Yes. And it sounds like where I'd like to go was what nuggets of wisdom stand out from you. It seems like that might be one of them, but what are some other things that you feel like you've learned from that journey that you could maybe share with us that yeah. have come from those experiences that you've lived through? So many things, so many things. But if I was to kind of think of what came to mind first, I would think about our identity. You know, I feel like we're in a bit of just as a whole, as a society, we're in a bit of an identity crisis. And I'm finding more and more, more and more people I talk to, they struggle with this. Like, who am I? Am I what my title is at work? I mean, I will say, that's what I struggled with. The first time I lost my job, I was really, really having a tough time with not identifying my identity with my role, the nice office I had and the respect I got within that role. And all of a sudden that went away. And I thought, well, who am I? If you would have asked me while I had that job, do you know who, really who you are? I would have said, absolutely. But the proof was in the pudding when I lost my job and all of a sudden I'm questioning that. That would be one area I would say is super important to keep your finger on the pulse is doing the hard work of figuring out you and that's stripped from your titles. You could be hanging on to a title in your job. You could be hanging on to a title as a parent. You could be a son, a daughter. When we attach labels to ourselves, and when those labels go away, what are we left with? And to find value in our life, stripped of all those things, is really, really where the important work has to be done. So I would say that would be absolutely at the top of my list. Character development is huge as well. And being authentic. Today, social media, I'm just always amazed. And cancel culture, just kind of people showing up 
in different ways. So, you know, if I'm one way at home and I always used to say this, this is probably my biggest parenting advice. If you know, you can apply it to lots (laughs) of things, but parenting advice would be, be the same person that you are at home as you are everywhere else. And I'm speaking now as a parent, your kids are going to see you one way at home. And if you're somebody else to other people, they're going to pick up on that. And that's actually where a lot of confusion starts for kids, in my opinion. You know, I've seen a lot of kids wonder, who am I? And if they are not seeing it modeled from a parent in front of them, they're going to have a tougher time figuring it out for themselves. So you want to be called out on things in life, have a child. They will call you out on this stuff. They will challenge you in ways you never, ever imagined. That was one of the biggest ones for me is making sure who I show up on social media, who I show up, you know, in my community, in my church, in my work, in all the different things and areas I have in my life. I was challenged to show up to be the same person no matter where I went. And that spoke a lot to my family, to my daughter, and the people that I worked with because they realized that there's trust and transparency there. And and really, you can't separate those things, especially today. You're on display. So you, you need to make sure how you're showing up is the real deal. Those would be my nuggets of wisdom that... Uh, that's probably what we have time for. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I know there are so many things. And as we grow and change through life, and you and I are in, at a similar age, and we're not done growing, and we're not done learning. And there, not at all. there will be channels to explore <laughs> as things move on and new chapters to explore. And what was coming to my mind as you were describing some of these nuggets of wisdom, as a storyteller, I think you might appreciate this. but this idea that if we don't write our own story, that someone else might write that for us, or yes. we might just accept somebody's story that they are somehow layering on top of our experience. And if we talk about empowering ourselves to own our story, to tell our story, and then to share that story with others, to inspire others and to give them hope, like you're saying that there might be something more. And I use that hashtag a lot that there's more to come because there's always more to come and we can tell and own and love our stories for what they were, but there's another level and another change and another space for us, I think, to really share more of our story and create more in what we're trying to create through our businesses, through the life choices that you're making right now. Are you finding that there is a clear intertwine? I think we talked about that a little bit, but between who you are, your personal story and your specific business vision that you're living out and and growing and building right now. Yeah. And you know, you've touched on a question that I tend to always ask my guests on this podcast. (laughs) So you're flipping it around and asking me that same question. (laughs) And yes, my personal story is connected to everything I do now. And I may not have said that a number of years ago, but as I've moved along in my journey, I've realized how interconnected they are. Me as a person is going to absolutely pave the way 
for what I am doing and how I am showing up to everything. So my personal story is connected to absolutely everything that I'm doing. And I never thought, I never thought that my story could be as impactful as I'm learning that it can be. So now my job is to come alongside people and help them craft their stories, help them understand what it means to to share their story, or maybe they're working on unpacking their own, or they need to unpack it and get on a growth plan and, and change course. But we should never be afraid of where we've come from. It's powerful. We can leverage it in all the right ways. And instead of running from it, like I did for years and, and so embarrassed and feeling so much shame, I'm now actually empowering myself by using it in a way that's helping others. So personal story is connected to everything. If there's anything I know about you, Kim, is that there will be no stopping you. And we've known each other long enough that I have seen different iterations of a challenge you faced and we've gone over coffee and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. And then the next week you've figured it out and you're moving forward. What is next for you? What are you looking at that you're excited about in the months to come? Well, I'm not going to say I've got it all figured out. I appreciate your uh, <laughs> your encouragement, but I will say that I am a resilient person who is endeavoring to keep figuring it out. So yeah, I'm building a, a coaching business that's really focused on connecting people to their story, like I mentioned. So that can be individually in their life and career, but I'm also working with organizations our stories, they seep into everything we do from leading ourselves to leading a large team potentially. So I'm really honed in on what that looks like and helping your unique story forward in in whatever way that needs to be. Podcast, I'm looking at expanding and doing some unique series coming up. One, I'll just give you a sneak peek. It's called Deep Cuts keeping with the theme of of the B-side. So um, be on the lookout for that in the new year. And then just working on some unique workshops as well, interviewing and maybe single parenting and being a successful executive, a little bit about what we've talked about today. So those are just a few of the things that I'm working on currently. Thank you so much, Kim, for allowing me to jump in and host this podcast for you. I will leave by saying it's it's a little intimidating interviewing the interviewer, <laughs> the master <laughs> interviewer, but I know that you have given us so much to chew on. There are so many nuggets that you've given us through this conversation. It has been my pleasure to talk to you and share some of your B-side with the people that don't know you as well as I do. And I've learned a lot through this as well. So thank you to our listeners for joining us and we will see you next time. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for tuning in to the Business B-Side podcast with Kim Westland. This broadcast is sponsored by Channel One Productions, a company dedicated to helping people succeed through coaching, crafting stories, and creating solutions. You can reach out anytime, Kim at channel1.ca, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to the Business B-Side on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your own favorite podcatcher. Catch you next time on the B-Side.